are live. Hey guys, this is Brad and Mike with Dallas Geek, and we are back for yet another uh, attempt to help you escape from boredom. Um, <laughs> a little bit early today, but uh, so far, no technical difficulties. So, you know, here's hoping. Mike, how you doing today? I'm awake, Brad. I'm awake. Yeah. Well, fair enough. We're just going to move on. I, I think that works. Um, <laughs> real quick, if this is the first time that you guys have seen any of our videos or first time you've joined in with one of our live streams, uh, thank you so very much for that. We do appreciate it. Uh, do not forget to, if you have not already, uh, like the video uh, or follow us on Facebook, subscribe down on uh, YouTube, and of course, share with your friends because we always love to meet new people. Uh, but with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's topic. If you did not read the title of the video, we're going to be talking about comic books and the industry at large. Um, can the comic book industry, uh, publishers, stores, everything, uh, survive what the new normal is, and better yet, what is the new normal? Um, Mike, I, I do believe that we actually have a pretty close connection with this since we have some friends in the industry. We have, uh, you know, we have been diehard fans for a long time, and so seeing mm. any kind of major shift like this is, uh, I, I think we're both watching this very carefully. Yeah, the, it's very appropriate that you said the new normal, um, because this has shaken up the entire industry to the point that, look, I think most people know, but if you don't, most comic book shops are owned by the owner. This is not a large corporation where there's multiple stockholders in this and that, like it is a lot of this is is people that just have a passion for it that kind of start a business want to share their their fandom with others um there's a lot of people out there that are really struggling with how they're going to continue business moving forward um a lot of the articles that i read moving forward or you know in doing research for this said there's a lot of people that you know they're they're doing everything they can to keep the lights on yeah you know some some states are allowing curbside pickup some states are you know still open but with social distancing guidelines and everything but a lot of them are just like hey i'm just trying to make sure that this isn't the last time that i close my doors which is a really sobering thing to read um especially when you hear about some of the struggles that the industry is already going through yeah uh and then you compound this on top of it this is going to be a very it's going to be a very interesting time for the entire industry yeah, because, I mean, it is really important to point out that comic book stores, all comic book stores, are owned by a private individual, not the publishers, not some big corporation. Uh, I mean, we're not talking about, like, a Barnes & Noble location or Walmart that happens to also sell comic books. We're talking, like, a proper comic book shop. Uh, those, you know, where you get the largest selection of your comic books and tabletop games. Um, this is this is definitely a very interesting 
place for them to go because I mean we've talked about it before but the way that the comic book industry works for shops like this is they do actually have to go in and have like a preset number of copies of each uh, comic line that they promise they're going to purchase and they have to follow through with that um, and there are very strict rules about what can and can't be returned to the publishers if it doesn't sell, um, what price they have to try to sell them at, uh, and just honestly so many things that you're left looking at uh, and it's not an easy business to get into, uh, let alone maintain, and right now especially if you have a shop of even a moderate size that has just a handful of employees this is already a very difficult business model to try to sustain if new ideas new options don't open up uh, or business can't go back to some semblance of what normal was before so yeah uh, it it's I mean it's like you said you know it's private owners um, that are doing this but one thing that you really touched on it's it's I think the same thing that you know a lot of people don't realize about the movie industry is that you know just like movie theaters having to pay for the movies to be able to play there they have to pay for those comics to be in the stores that's why subscriptions are such a big deal to get a good idea of who's going to actually continually come and buy which copies how many copies do they buy for just you know individual consumption that people just walk in the door just to see oh hey yeah let me go ahead and grab this issue, this issue um trades uh collections compendiums all of that man all of that is stuff that they have to figure out how much to buy of and um one of the one of the terms you're going to hear us talk about is returnability yeah uh which is a big thing in the comic industry um and there's there's stuff that's changed with the distributors um, policy on that uh, to help retailers, but that is a big deal um, in the industry. Um, which, you know, like I said, distributors have shifted their policies on that a lot, but like Brad said, it's a major, major thing to get it just right. If you overbuy, you're in trouble. If you underbuy, you're in trouble. Um, so yeah, that's going to be where the big thing, you know, that's going to be a big thing moving forward is, is, you know, with so much less foot traffic coming in the door, how many do you buy? Yeah. And you got, am I going to buy this? Like their, their distributors have said that they're only going to start issuing like new orders. They're not even doing reprints or not even doing collections or anything like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to remember yeah. that. You know, e even if you want to look at it as, well, aren't comic books uh, typically a collector's item over time? What Can't you take unsold issues and just hold on to them in stock and try to sell them later uh, when they are, are worth more or have some kind of collectible value? The problem with that is not every issue is going to be a collector's item. Not every issue has that kind of sustainability over time that makes it worth it. So you can't even rely on uh, nostalgia to come back and try to help you out. Uh, even if you could find space to hold on to comic book issues 
uh, for years on end in hopes that maybe that would work out. Um, but I mean, right now it's estimated that about 70% of the nation's comic book stores are closed down and the remaining 30-ish percent that are still open are having to rely on uh, curbside pickup or online orders. I mean, uh, right uh, just here locally, uh, and I believe we actually have in the comments already um, over on Facebook pointing out we have Madness Comics over in Plano, we have Zeus in Dallas, uh, even uh, Docs uh, up in Frisco that have uh, all tried to keep going with curbside pickup uh, and online orders just to be able to sustain their business because it's what's available to them. Um, yep. I mean, if I mean Zeus is a, a moderate size, Docs is definitely on the smaller end, but it is so absolutely necessary for the Frisco area. But I mean, you look at somebody like Madness uh, that by normal comic book store standards is one of if not the largest uh in north texas and if even they are having trouble trying to uh, find ways to be able to keep sales going find ways to be able to keep their uh their consumer base uh, satisfied then that doesn't really bode well for uh anybody right now uh, even though there is still a, a plentiful appetite for comic books yeah and and the polygon article that i read you know like you said about 70 percent is is what they estimated uh the nation's comic stores are closed um but they talked to a lot of comic store owners and i, I you know i was reading one uh a guy up in oregon that was basically like hey he was like you know Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I see hundreds of people come through this place. He was like, since the social distancing guidelines have hit, I've lost about 90% of my sales. Yeah. And you just like, you think about that for a second. So 90% of what they did was gone in the span of, what, a week? Yeah. If that, probably two or three days if we're being honest. Yeah. Like that's really like that's that's really mind blowing to think about that all of this traffic that comes through. Like you talked about madness. I live right around the corner from madness. Don't don't try to find out where I live, people. I just I don't need that kind of crazy in my life. Um but I I you yeah, I do already have it, thanks. Um But I live right around the corner, so like every now and then if I'm bored or if I'm just got some downtime, I'll just poke my head in and just kinda see what's going on. Um, when the social distancing stuff went in live, like it was a ghost town. Yeah. Which is crazy because anytime that I walk in that place, there's probably at least 40 to 50 people in there. Whether they'd be playing Magic the Gathering tabletop games or they're just perusing the comics, other collectibles that they offer, like it's always pretty full in there. Yeah. And I'm just walking through like it's like empty. Like this is the emptiest I've seen this place in the decade plus that I've been coming here. Yeah, I mean, uh, you do have some stores uh, like Docs, uh, once again, that have tried some creative options. Like I, I know that uh, Doc has been uh, offering uh, product delivery within a certain radius around the store just to try to sure. help uh, encourage people to keep buying, help uh, you know make it a little bit easier in case you know some of the uh, some of the, the normal customers just don't feel comfortable getting out, even for curbside pickup. Right. Um, 
and I mean, I, I get it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it, you gotta realize that this isn't just like Marvel and DC, you know, the two big publishers that are right. kind of setting the terms on this. I mean, even the smaller uh, publishers like uh, Icon, Aftershock, uh, Boom Studio, uh, even Image, they're all coming in trying to make adjustments to their uh, th their model of how to move forward with this, uh, even setting their own terms for how the return policies for stores are going to work so that they can try to minimize their own uh, financial damage. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we said earlier, returnability is the word that's kind of used among the industry. So basically, if I can get a little bit nerdy with you, for a second, Brad, uh, can I? Uh, seems fair. I guess, seems I guess fair. a little. Uh, is nerdy the right word? Would it be technical business? Business technical. I mean, at this point, everything in this show is pretty nerdy, so it's it's a it's a nice all-encompassing term. So returnability retur refers to the basically the, the process is is that you know, like we said, retailers have to buy from distributors. Um, the distributor is uh, Diamond Comic Distributors, which. To give you an idea, they have the distribution rights for Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and two other Archie? companies. Archie, thank you, thank you, and then one other. But so they are the exclusive distributor of those comics. Yeah. Which means retailers can only buy from them. They can only get Marvel through Diamond. They can only get DC through Diamond. Vertigo. Archie, have you, what have you. Um, they basically act as the middleman from Marvel, DC to the retailers. Now when they buy, they also, they, they buy a premium. So like, hey, we're not just buying one or two, we're buying, let's let's say we're buying a hundred, just to get, make it easy on you guys. Yeah. So we're buying a hundred copies of issue one, a hundred issue two, a hundred issue three, so on and so forth, across all of the lines and across all of the comics that are currently running. Spider-Man, Captain America, Batman, sure. Superman, Action Comics, DC, you know, Detective Comics, what have you. Um, whatever they don't sell, they can send back to the distributor for a vendor credit that they can then use towards the purchase of future comics. So let's say if they purchase big, because you know, let, let's say Marvel has an issue, you know, let's say Marvel has a series coming out that is you know, hyped up to be a big seller and retailers are buying it left and right and then it underperforms. Mm -hmm. They can send those copies back that didn't perform well or didn't sell and get a vendor credit to put towards future lines. Now, why is this important? This is important because there is actually kind of a safety net for overbuying. Yeah. So what happens in the case of overbuying, you would basically, returnability is the term again, you would send it back, get a credit to, buy, to put towards future stuff or to put towards buying something in replace of it. Um, a lot of the distributors have basically extended out that period. It's usually a pretty small window by standards. Yeah. Um, but they've most of them have extended it to 60 or 90 days. So meaning for the next three months, whatever you purchase, if it does not move, you can return it and get credit for it to put towards other things. I mean, this is a big deal. This is a big safety net that's been cast to kind of help retailers. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, one of the things that they talked about and one of the things that you and I were talking about was that 
um, the industry was really kind of holding their breath to see what was going to happen. Yeah. Like, there was very much a, hey, we need, like, retailers left and right were reaching out to them, like, hey, we need something to, to know that you guys have our backs. And Diamond stepped up in a big way. So did, like you said, uh, Boom Studios, Image, Aftershock, Vault. All of these uh, distributors have basically said, hey, we've got your back. Yeah. So there is comfort in knowing that the distributors right now are looking out for all the retailers um, to ensure that there's at least some kind of, I don't want to say cushioning for what's going on right now, but essentially that's what it is. Sure. And I mean, even the publishers are trying to make some steps uh, towards helping retailers um, with uh, offering up the option of uh, not publishing new issues for uh, a lot of their main lines or just all of their lines. Uh, Even going as far as uh, Marvel and DC both have uh, said that they will not be publishing even uh, electronic comics. Uh, So any of you subscribers out there for Comixology or um, uh, what's the other big one uh, called again, Mike? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. What's the other big one uh, other than Comixology? It's uh, Comixology and uh, what's the the second big digital service for comics? Oh, dang it. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about, but it's, yeah, thanks. Awesome. Thanks for putting me on the spot. (laughs) Well, I, I just assumed. You know. Keep talking, I can find out real quick. <laughs> but um, they've already uh, said that they won't be distributing even on those platforms, which is a big deal because that would have at least given the publishers an option to continue to try to make some money, even if the retailers aren't making money. But by uh, offering this up, they are uh, offering up a level of solidarity with the retailers. Now, don't misunderstand there's still a very uh self-serving reason why they're not going to be offering up digital publication right now because they absolutely make more money off of the physical print sales than they do digital sales like that that's right categorically a thing so there is a reason why they uh would not want to try to use this as an opportunity to shift the industry like indefinitely towards the digital side but at the same time like i said there is a level of solidarity with the retailers knowing that if they started trying to push digital they would be choosing to put a lot of their retailers that they rely on out of business and now let's and and we need to be clear they're still releasing like reprints Yes. They are still releasing like collections digitally. They just haven't, as of April 1st, there is nothing new being released digitally. Yes. Now, obviously, that can change. And that's actually something that came down super late in the month of March. Like, I think Marvel made that announcement on like March 29th. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, like you said, it's it's a little comforting to know that. But at the same time, it's also very interesting that they're not choosing to put out new content with storylines that are currently running and the big year that Marvel and DC both had kind of geared up for. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting to know that they're kind of pushing the pause button on everything moving forward. Um, now again, this will all change. Like we could literally wake up tomorrow and both distributors are like, Hey, starting May 1st, we're going 
All of our stuff's gonna be released digitally. Yeah. And I mean, the only potential positive from all this that uh, actual comic fans can hope for, but I'm honestly not holding my breath, is that the delay in release could give some of the uh, the authors and artists time to be able to work on storylines that they had been rushed so much on other series that they've been working on that they can try to get more content together and ready to be published once things kick back in. I mean, we saw, you know, just massive delays on storylines for DC's Doomsday Clock and uh, the Three Jokers storyline that, uh, you know, we might see this being used as an opportunity for uh, the actual creators to be playing catch up on some of those bigger storylines that kind of get pushed out to the every three to four month uh, release schedules uh, and maybe we'll get more of it all at once once all this starts back up again. Like I said, I'm not holding my breath, but that is always something that might come out of this that could make it a little bit better. Yeah, but I mean, Brad, you're, you're assuming that things in the comic industry are rushed. That never happens. <laughs> yeah, just like the video game industry isn't rushed at all to release a, a new game. Nope, that, that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> right? I mean, name one video game that, that was rushed and, and didn't come out as a full game and faced major backlash because of it. Just name one. Just name I, one. I couldn't tell you, honestly. That That's... One? <laughs> one? <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot happening right now. You you have a lot of things going on with the industry that uh, kind of leave this up in the air. But uh, I, I think one of the bigger unknowns, because it's the part of the comic book shop side of the industry that hasn't really been talked about very much is what the effect on tabletop game sales um, is going to be because so much of the sales for a lot of the games end up coming back and depending on the actual activity of those games in the stores and other adjacent businesses that are going to be hosting tournaments and hosting game nights and uh, you know other events that help to inspire uh, interest in those games and then sales come out of it. So what exactly is going to happen to that side of things? Um, not a lot of, actually I don't know if uh, I've seen any uh, of the major media outlets talking about that part of it. It's all been focused on the, the publishers and the stores and what's going to happen with the comic side. Yeah, that's that's something that's going to be really interesting to see because, you know, a lot of these shops make a lot of their money doing TCG stuff as well. Yeah. Magic the Gathering, not, not even just selling the individual, but tournaments. Um, what was it? We were we were at Docs last year for what was it? It was the release of the 2020 core set for Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And um, he talked about the fact that like it's one of the biggest days of the year for him is when new sets come out for the bigger TCG things. Um, like so, this is this is something that like you said, nobody's really 
hardcore looked into. But like even I said, when I go to Madness a lot, like there's a lot of people that are over on the TCG and the tabletop side doing their thing. Like if I'm not mistaken, I think they run multiple tournaments a week for Magic the Gathering. They run multiple things, D&D nights, Catan nights. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the other expansion that's D&D like that's not Catan or... Uh, uh, Pathfinder? Uh, there you go, thank you, Pathfinder. Uh, the more casual D&D, as it's referred to. Uh, even though 5e is pretty casual, from what I understand. Um, but but it's... Because one of the things that you and I always talk about is the sense of community that comes with a comic store. Yeah. It's, it's the sense of going in and being able to just kind of find something and grab it and pick it up, but also the fact that you're going to find somebody that you can talk to for, you know, an hour. Yeah. Um... It's, it's the fact that when you go in, you go in knowing that you're going to come across somebody that shares similar interests to you. Um, or if you go with somebody that can introduce you to something new, you know, there's that way of growing the community as well. All of that's being cut off completely with what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so I yeah, don't that's, know... If, that's going to be an interesting... I don't know if there really is a takeaway. way to take that community aspect for the individual stores and yeah. make that into an online experience. I mean, aside from maybe trying to do some kind of uh, like coordinated uh, like Discord for the store and their individual game nights and attempt to make that work out somehow, um, I don't really know what other options there are because it's not, it's not quite the same thing, you know? Right. Yeah, there's, there's, look, there's a big, there's a big loss when I can't sit aside, sit across the table from somebody and play them in Magic together. I can do it online, but yeah, there's a reason why that industry hasn't blown up digitally like a lot of the other industries have. Yeah. I mean, even trying to do like D&D online, uh, even if uh, you could try to set up, you know, like um, a Discord or Skype call or something uh, that could be able to get your your full group together, if you even have a preset group that could be brought together to try to do that online and do it that way, um, it's not exactly the same experience. You, you could still do something, it's... but it, it's going to be different um now yeah, does that like, necessarily like, mean that you we're... shouldn't try no absolutely not in fact right. honestly i think there should be some body out there that uh, attempts to start that as a trend right now uh to try to use uh any kind of online service uh take your pick uh to be able to get those kind of things going just to reconnect but yeah, for now, yeah. I, I guess we just kind of have to see where it can go. Yeah, and like on the D&D side, like we're we're playing a campaign right now where, you know, three of us that are trapped in the same apartment are logged in on our laptops and we've got three of our buddies that are at home. Kyla's DMing it, doing a, eh, job so far. Hey. Don't hit me. <laughs> um, but like, look, and, and that's what we do. We have a Discord set up and we're sitting there and we're all joking, we're all talking, we're all having a good time, but like, it's, 
it's not the same as the six of us all sitting around the same table. Yeah. It's not the same as Kyla sitting there with her little sheet, like, rolling her dice, and we're all just sitting there like, okay, what the hell's about to happen? Like, we can literally, like, we can, we have, in Roll20, there's a chat bar set up where, like, you can literally see everybody's roll. Now, we've set it up to where we've got it whispered to the DM, so that way we're the only person that sees our roll, and Kyla's the only person that sees our individual rolls, but we don't see any of hers. So, like, she'll sit there and she'll be like, okay, so I'm going to attack, and I'm going to cast this, and, like, we'll kind of sit there and wait, like, what the hell's going to happen? It's kind of cool for that aspect of it, yeah. but in terms of, like, the actual social side, like, it, 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 it it's lacking. Like, it's, yeah. it's fun to do it how we are, but at the same time, like, I can't sit there and flip over something and rage out, you know, and get up from the table and walk away. When you're rolling that one. Yeah, when I roll in that one, which oh, never so, happens. So I never you're one of those once. kind of players. Got it. Mm-hmm. What? It, 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 I'm sorry. Game is life. Game is life. If you are not invested, then why are you playing? Well, I, I mean, even Wizards uh, has come in, you know, the, the creator of uh, D&D. Right. Uh, even they have come in and attempted to put out online content to uh, give some additional campaigns and some expansion options for uh, D&D to help get people through this for free. Um, yep. But that, I mean, I don't know, that, that's only going to go so far uh, when, you know, you, you've already run through, like, everything you can uh, as quickly as you can until eventually just you know you, you need that additional something to make it worthwhile I don't know I, I I think that there's potential but I think that there there's room to improvise and improve for the that community side of the experience oh 100 percent yeah and like like I said there's there's always gonna be that section of the community that will prefer online over actually physically playing. Um, but like I said, it's, to me, it's kind of telling that that aspect of the community or that section of the community hasn't blown up like everything else. Yeah. Like you're seeing it all across music. You're seeing it all across video games. You're seeing it all across movies, but this is a medium where it hasn't. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I mean, we have been going for a bit. I feel like we have run through all of the things that we can talk about. So, um, Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, you have to. You do have to get back to work. Yeah, that is a, a thing. Uh, but yeah. uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you've made it this far, uh, we deeply, deeply appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we've been able to be a little bit fun for you, help uh, stave off the boredom just a little. Um, and of course, if you have not already, please do not forget to uh, like this video and follow us over on Facebook, uh, or like this video and subscribe over on YouTube. Um, but until next time, this has been Brad and Mike with Dallas Geek saying, see ya.